You are listening to Houndstooth Heroes. Some call us the fully integrated sports taco, and we have no idea why. But we are brought to you by Wild Bill's Wing Sauce out of Gulf Shores, Alabama, and Druid City Brewing Company from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Reminder that you can also find our podcast and a wealth of other information on houndstoothheroes.com. One thing that you will find on that website is our excitement over the spring release of Bell's Hop Slam Beer, which I am currently enjoying right this very second, which is redundant. But nevertheless, I am, and I am joined... As always, with my friend and co-host, Ellis Metz, and we have a special guest this week by the name of Charlie Pond. And from what I understand, uh, Ellis Metz has one-upped me in the drink department. Tell us about it, by the way. Well, that's fair. I have my Hop Slam safely stored in the fridge. Uh, I only have two cans left already, so I'm going to need to make those last over the next six months or so somehow. We have that to with Greg. That's right. Tonight, I have popped open the Johnny Walker Blue Label that my good pal, Greg Dawkins, bought uh, internationally on one of his many jaunts out of the country. (laughs) And I gotta say, it is about the smoothest thing I've ever had. Delicious. So thanks, buddy. Here's to you. Absolutely. It's not every day a good friend has a birthday, so I'm enjoying it. What about you, Mr. Pond? Oh, just a glass of vino. You know me. It's hashtag National Wine Day. Happy National Wine Day, guys. I didn't even know it. I'm celebrating. How about that? Did we introduce Charlie properly? No, but you can go ahead and do that. All right. Well, we have our special guest, Charlie Pond, who, if you're a longtime listener of the show, uh, you have met before. He is on Twitter, at Charles Pond. At Charlie Pond? At Charles Pond. At Charles Pond. I got it right. Uh, Anyway, Charlie, welcome. Fred follows me. Fred follows you, so that <laughs> says enough, people. He's basically verified. Yeah. Uh, do you, Do you want to inter- introduce yourself? Do you have anything to say? Tell um, Brad. I'm just a longtime Bammer and first time caller. Looking to, looking to spread the gospel of Alabama baseball. Um, I think he gets left out amongst the excitement of um, shooty hoops. <laughs> so. He is what some people call a bog, a baseball-only gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a thing at all. Uh, We're going to pick it one, But he does have a baseball pedigree, uh, having coached the Mountain Brook 12-year-olds <laughs> <laughs> this summer. <laughs> so, anyway, welcome aboard. Good to have you. Oh, glad to be here. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Uh, first and foremost, while we're on the subject of baseball... Your Alabama Crimson Tide are introing this year the new Sewell Thomas Stadium. Uh, same old name, but new Joe. So, Charlie, I understand you have visited the facility and have some inside scoops. Talk to us. I did. They had an open house. Um, I think they've had like 24 open houses, mm-hmm. but um, the one I attended was after the LSU basketball game, Heartbreaker, um, in January. Um, we went through it. It's it's really, really nice. I have a... Uh, an inside source who uh, was involved in the um, design of the facility. And um, according to him, right now, in this moment, it's probably in the top four, top three of SEC baseball stadiums. That could change within the hour. They like to, <laughs> SEC likes to have these arm races, arms races where they uh, are spending money left and right to up each other. Mm-hmm. So, have you, have you visited other Southeastern Conference uh, baseball stadiums? 
Yeah, so I, I've been I've been to the box. Give and, us give us some comparisons, why don't you? Okay, so LSU and South Carolina, I think, are probably the two most recognizable um, stadiums. Mm-hmm. They just have the amenities that um, that are just I just, they're they're attractive to the they make the fan experience so much better. Um, we finally have uh, suites and very very nice suites. Nice. Um, we've got a beautiful beautiful looking scoreboard. Um, we have these. Uh, state-of-the-art locker rooms. We've got a training facility, Ellis. We've got a training facility oh. that has the. It's it's they've hired somebody to put this art on the wall. God. It's it's beautiful. Well, it's beautiful. Yeah, thanks to you, we posted a picture of that on our Twitter account at H Two Heroes, and um, I think even describing it as phallic is probably an understatement. <laughs> okay, I was going to say what it really are, resembles. We're we going li- to ignore the elephant in the room and no. Nor that it just looks oh, like it's that. an elephant, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, really, kind of some scarring stuff. Yeah, I, I can only imagine that the players will enjoy taking their pictures mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. doing various. Well, if, if you've been our if you've been on our Twitter account at htheorist.com, you can see it. It looks like it is supposed to be the seams on a baseball. Right. Yes. Thank you. It just looks like a row of dicks. <laughs> all right. It's art. Great. Get some culture. <laughs> Well played. And I got to say, I'm excited because if you know anything about Greg and I, it's that we pretty much never attend a sporting event if we can't sit in a suite. Yeah. Right. So, sounds nice. Um, um, what, okay, you talked about fa- Okay, I will assume by that, by your conversation, that what you mean is we no longer have to go outside to get a hot dog. Oh, no, no, it's inside. Um, wow. It's, we have it's... concourses and all that business? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Would you eat your hot dog off the floor? Right to tomorrow, yes. Yes. Nice. Maybe not Saturday. That's what I'm all about. Yeah. Is Saturday yeah. opening day? No, tomorrow night is tomorrow opening. Tomorrow night. night is opening. Take on the Maryland Terrapins tomorrow yeah, night. They, okay. They've got they've got fireworks after the game. Oh, dang, I missed that. All right. Well talk to me about uh the team itself then. Let's get down to business. How are we looking this year? What are some strengths and weaknesses? Okay. So this is going to be a, a pivotal year for for our our program. Um, I think because of the new stadium, um, Mitch Gaspard got uh, another year, another opportunity. This will be, I believe, his seventh year as, as wow. at the Reigns. Um, it seems like yesterday. I was just about it, to say it really does. We had old old rubberneck um, step down, uh, but yeah, it's it, we've got we lost a lot of talent last year, so. You know, Mikey White obviously um, went in the second round, and Kyle Overstreet and Casey Houston, they were kind of the core of our lineup, mm-hmm. and they're all gone. And we, we weren't the most uh, powerful team last year, um, to say the least. We, we played in a bigger stadium, which that's the, the main thing, is that we don't have to travel 70 miles for every yeah. home game now. That'll be nice. So, um, the team we've and got, the students. team and the students, well. I went to a few games in Birmingham, because that's where I live, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't see many students, but the I right didn't. field Ragers will be out in force. I didn't force see this too year. much, to be honest with yeah. you. <laughs> no. uh, and I did want to note, I'm sorry, I missed it. While we were talking about the new stadium design, uh, I did notice the opposing team's bullpens back right up to the aforementioned right field Rangers. Oh, yeah. Pretty excited so, about that. The things that will be said. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we don't talk about that because we're a family-friendly broadcast. When yeah. did that start? So, um, can I get specific real quick? 
Oh, yeah. talk to us. So going through, I want y'all to listen to this schedule. Okay. So we open with Maryland, and then some notable names on the schedule. We go Notre Dame, number ten NC State, number fourteen Oregon, number twenty-two Houston, three game series at home, at home, and then SEC schedule the typical names: yeah. LSU, A and M, Mississippi State, Arkansas, South Carolina, all ranked, and then the unranked Auburn, which I love, <laughs> unranked Tennessee, and also then love. Uh, yeah, Georgia, Kentucky, and and Ole Miss. That seems like a hard schedule. Yeah. It's easier than last year because we avoid playing number one Florida and number three Vandy. Um, so while, mm. while the last year's schedule was so difficult, we were probably more talented. But the road this year to the postseason may be a little bit easier, if that makes any sense at all. It does. And I'm, I'm, I'm real quick question. We talked a little bit. We sort of danced over it about this People said, tend to believe this is Mitch Gaspard's make-or-break year. Uh, specifically, there's, and I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about it, and nobody else seems to want to, uh, but there's been specific talk about disappointment in the roles of uh, two assistant coaches in terms of, you know, I've talked to a couple of former basketball baseball players who have noted that, look, you know, when travel team baseball uh, tournaments go on, Florida's there, Vanderbilt's there, Mississippi State's there, Ole Miss is there. We are nowhere to be found. So with all of that in mind, how is there a, is there a, a, a result that would keep Gaspard's job? How warm is his seat? Um, you know, it, 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 are, are there changes that he could make that could make this in, you know, that could actually save his job in the event we don't make the tournament? What, where, where do you see this going? Well, his seat is about as um, is about as warm as, uh, as some of Ellis's takes on Twitter, <laughs> oh. which is hotter than so you think. Steamy. Hotter, hotter than you think. Um, I, you know, he's been there six years. We've actually made regionals four times, so it's not as like into the world as you think. But after the the streak that we went on in the late '90s and into the early 2000s, the bar was set. You know, you, we need to go to Omaha. We need to compete for SEC championships. And we haven't won an SEC championship tournament since 2003. We haven't won a regular season title since 2006. It's, it, and, you know, the key with Mitch is that, or Coach Gaspard, is that he has only had one winning record in the SEC. Yeah. Which, in six years, you, you got to do better than that at Alabama. Um, and, you know, part of it is, you know, the, the, Lack of you know scholarship opportunities that other schools have. Um, part of it is the facilities that he was playing with, but there's no denying that we had talent in this program, and um, we haven't. We've only been to one super regional in six years, and that needs to that needs to be bet. It needs to be uh, a, a more consistent thing. Mm-hmm. This right. year, this year, I think he needs to um at least make it to a regional championship and have a chance to go to super super regional with the talent we have i think that's that's possible i think that's probably our ceiling is probably a super regional um so we'll, we'll see what happens but you know we've got a lot of talent coming back and um the pieces are there a mixture of veterans and and freshmen so we'll address see. that if you will i talk about the uh because i know so I can just offend all the journalists that may or probably that aren't listening. When I, when I say talk about, when you talk about the scholarship opportunities, because I have a counterpoint to that, because I, 
at this point, I don't think anybody can say, I mean, go, go into that, but I don't compare it to Ole Miss. Because I don't think anybody can say that in the last five years, Ole Miss has the same scholarship problems we have with regard. I assume you're talking about lottery issues. Yeah. Same, same issues we have. They're doing a hell of a lot better than we are. Sure. And that's, I think, that's the, the argument against Coach, Coach Gaspard. Um, I think Ole Miss has set the standard on how to do that. Um, but when we're going up against, you know, LSU and, and Georgia and Tennessee with, and Florida with, uh, with these full, full rosters full of full scholarship players. It's just, it's, it makes it just a little bit tougher to compete. Yeah. It's not backbreaking, but it makes a difference. Yeah, talk if, about, if I may interject. For people who don't know what that's about, tell, tell folks what Yeah, I was about to say, can I interject with some honesty here that I have no idea what we're talking about? <laughs> all right, Greg, Greg, you probably know better than I do. <coughs> I, well, <coughs> all right, Georgia, Florida, um, the lottery states. Tennessee. Uh, yeah, the, the lottery states that fund education through their lottery. Um, the baseball players are able to get uh, scholarships through that, where, you know, we're – I don't, do you, Charlie. Do you know the exact number of scholarships a baseball team has? Oh, it's probably they split twenty, maybe. Okay, so you don't, you're not doing scholarships for a full baseball team, mm-hmm. where and then you can make up the difference through a lottery scholarship for those kids, or a hope uh, scholarship in Georgia. Right, a hope scholarship. Right. You know, anybody that's got a, I don't know what their average has to be, but you're automatically guaranteed admission yeah, in Georgia. Yeah, makes sense. And if you get admitted, then and if you're a baseball guy, then boom, you have a full scholarship. Well, we're we. Some people say we're hamstrung by that and can't compete by that. But Ole Miss got to Omaha with that exact same situation. So I understand that it's a hindrance, but is it the reason? No, it's absolutely not the reason. Yeah, and I agree. I, you know, the bottom line is that the. Results haven't matched the talent level mm-hmm. um, in the program. We're an SEC school. Um, SEC is clearly by far the best conference in college baseball. Again, and, again, and it has been for the last decade. And and um, we get we get talent in state. Um, Alabama is a great mm-hmm. high school baseball state. Um, we just need to. I don't know. There's just always been something missing. Whether it's been power, um, pitching. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Some right. hot takes, and yeah, I mean, yeah. we've had even MLB draft picks, many yeah. of them. So. Sure. But it all starts this weekend, and Maryland is bringing in, you'll love this, Ellis, his, his nickname is The Unicorn. No, his, no. his name is Mike Sharwin. Charwin. He's like a consensus All-American. The dude has 24 wins in his first two seasons, and his strikeout rate is like 10. He's okay. going to be a legit, legit lotto pick. Next year's draft or this year's draft? Why and is he w- unicorn? Does he have a horn? I, I actually have no idea why I was he's going to say more like Mike Sharweener. True, true to Houndstooth Heroes. You've done no research. I know this is good. <laughs> uh, yeah, well played. Uh, <laughs> while we're on the subject of baseball, I love a baseball tailgate. And you should. Because is, there, is there any news there that you I can do share have with me? News. Speaking, uh, funny you should mention that. Because the good people at Sponsor Druid City Brewing Company, Go Drink Their Beer, are hosting a tailgate with our former uh, hosts, Roll Bama Roll, on April 16th, which just so happens to coincide with A-Day weekend. And the baseballers will be hosting Ole Miss that weekend. So I would urge you all to come out and go to Druid City Brewing, do a little tailgating. They're going to be smoking all the meat you could possibly eat. 
and we'll have all the cold beer a man could ever want. I really can't imagine why you would ever want to do anything else. The folks over at Roll Bama Roll have secured a discounted rate for a block seat of uh, tickets. Uh, props to friend of the show, Stevie Fisher, at the university's uh, marketing department for getting the ball rolling on that and pulling it all together. But, yeah, if you're up to, up in Tuscaloosa for A-Day, please drop by Druid City Brewing Company, uh, drink some beer, eat some smoked meats, and uh, enjoy some good company. What is not to love there? Yeah, April 16th, put that on the calendar. Another thing, quick note, uh, while we're plugging Roll Bama Roll, I think tomorrow, friend of the program, Eric, a.k.a. at Gothlaw on Twitter, uh, is going to be speaking about his new membership on, it's like gumpsmeat.com or whatever the new... Mm. God. Yeah, the new Crimson Tide fan dating site is. Uh, so pretty <laughs> excited about that. Yeah, bamameat.com. If you're a gump, <laughs> bamameat.com. M E E T, just to be clear. Bamameat.com takes you somewhere totally different. Uh, while we're on that, let's just pivot away uh, and, and look at the footballs a little bit because. It's Alabama athletics, and that's kind of what we do. Uh, even when football is still like eight months away, forever away, uh, for Bammers, it's never quite quiet. And there's some news that I got to say, like Natalie Imbruglia, I'm torn. I don't care. If you have a party hat, put it on, because Bobby Williams is off the field, guys. Oh, man. He won the national championship. Well, so did nine other assistants. That doesn't mean he don't suck. Yeah, uh, former special teams coach Bobby Williams, who has been much maligned here and requested more than once to be fired into the sun, <laughs> uh, has, has been pulled into some sort of advisor job in an office in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, really, I mean, the news is bigger than that. What happened is this. We brought in Brent Key from the University of Southern Central Florida, uh, who I think was their running backs coach, so I'm not sure why we're doing this, but uh, he was brought in to coach the offensive line, uh, which shifts Mario Cristobal, former offensive line coach, out to, to out to coach the tight ends, which Bobby Williams had been coaching in addition to, some say, coaching the special teams. Uh, so with uh, Key coming in, that brings the total number of assistants to 10. NCAA limits the number of assistants you can possibly have to 9. So somebody had to go. And thankfully, Bobby Williams for this for the short straw. So he'll either be uh, director of player personnel or something like that, or fired into the sun. I really don't care which. What What are your hot takes on it, though? I've got one. I've yeah. got a. I've got a. It's, it's quite simple. He's you know he's had so much to do. He's been coaching tight ends. He's been coaching uh, wide receivers, right? He's just special teams. Just special teams special and teams tight ends. And tight ends, right. And, and he's been the bag man for the past nine years. <laughs> well, so yes. The, well, we almost did not get a, a number one recruiting class. They're putting an extra focus on the and streamlining the system. Uh, so he's got to go full-time bag man back office. Roll to a bag man. Yeah, that take is hot. And, and after that strong flourishing finish at the end of this National Signing Day. He probably just worked himself to death. So he needs some rest. I just need a couch and somewhere to sit, man. I'm good. I've been working my ass off. Uh, I hope he's a better bag man than he was a special teams coach. 
Well, it couldn't take much. No, it couldn't. Uh, uh, more football news and potential Nazi news. We have welcomed a new wide receiver to campus from Bowling Green uh, by the name of Gehrig Dita. I mean, right. Is he a What's Nazi? Up? He sounds, I mean, he like, sounds a like a Nazi, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't Gehrig. care if he's our Nazi, but whatever. I, uh, I don't know a ton about him. He is named after Lou Gehrig. Uh, we now follow his dad on Twitter, who I think is named Derek Dita, or maybe that's his Derek. brother who was named after Derek Jeter. There's some sort of Derek Jeter name in the family, so oh. we'll call him a friend of the program. This is going down the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Nevertheless, all right, <laughs> Derek Jeter is a Bowling Green graduate transfer who looks to fill the role of Richard Mullaney as our token white boy slotty pivot back <laughs> here. I'll take it. Uh, yeah, he, he'll have to get his waiver from the NCAA, but uh, it looks like that'll be no problem, and he'll have one year of eligibility left for us, much like the aforementioned Richard Mullaney. Already gotta say, I'm loving the guy, not only because Dita is fun to say, his last name is Dieter, in case you haven't seen this, and you're just wondering what I'm doing with my mouth. Uh, and, and he started the 2015 season against Tennessee, a game in which he caught a touchdown and 133 yards receiving. That sounds like a lot. Yeah, he, he torched them. Uh, he had double-digit receiving games against a bunch of scrub schools like a Bowling Green will do. Uh, but on the season, he ended with over 1,000 yards, 94 catches, 10 touchdowns, a lot of upside. Um, the Bowling Green coach just bolted for Syracuse, so he considered making the NFL jump and then was apparently lured to Tuscaloosa by Richard Mullaney. All right, here's my question. Um, am I the only one who's old enough to remember Dieter on Sprockets? No, <laughs> no, I'll give you a Sprockets credit. Okay, so we're going to, I mean, we talked about <laughs> having to dress up in its go time, and its bow time t-shirt for Bo Scarborough. Our new, is our new costume going to be Dieter from Sprockets on SNL? I would love that. I'm trying to oh, yeah. think of a way we could just rename this whole program Sprockets. Sprockets. I could be down with that. <laughs> yeah, I'd love it. All right. I'm going to got one more thing to talk about on football before we move into what people are really yeah, it was um, Like we almost got out of there like things weren't horrible. And here we go. I know. I know. I know. All right. Here's the thing. Yesterday it was announced uh, that we are luring mighty Arkansas State what is Arkansas State? We know what they are. The Red Wolves. The Red Wolves. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. We are luring Arkansas State's Red Wolves to Tuscaloosa, Alabama in the year 2018, the year of our Lord, for a mere $1.7 million to get Arkansas State to come to Bryant-Denny in 2018. Now, here's the deal. We've all, there's been a, a lot of, Alabama folks really, really want to see some home-and-homes with some good teams. I think we all enjoyed uh, the Penn State home-and-home. We all enjoyed the Arkansas, the, the Oklahoma home-and-home. And I'm, well, okay, but, but it was still fun. <laughs> um, and I'm probably, I'm probably I'm, I know I'm the only person old enough on this podcast to remember a 10-year stretch where we did home-and-home with Penn State in the 80s. So it's really cool and a lot of fun. But and I but I get the university's argument that the neutral sites are a cash cow. And if you're but if you're gonna make the money argument, you cannot then pay Arkansas State one point seven million dollars 
to travel to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, when South Alabama would have come for seven hundred thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So, with that in mind, what do y'all think? Pond. I think it's coming to a tipping point. <laughs> I mean, what's that game in two years that we play in Tampa? Uh, that's okay. That's the thing. I understand USC and Dallas. Yeah. We're playing damn Louisville in Orlando. Oh, jeez. Or Orlando, there it is. So, yeah, whatever. There's going to be nobody there. No. And that's awful. Just the, you and me and the tumbleweeds, bro. Yeah, and at that point, it's, it becomes a national embarrassment. Uh-huh. And, and And you get games. I, I would love to visit South Bend or Happy Valley again. Sure. Um, but, you know, it's it's about the about that Dallas and you know, Atlanta, whatever. I mean, I, but I mean, if they say it's about recruiting, I think we've made our point in those jurisdictions that we're, you know, we're a national brand. Yes, if you want to, you know, if you want to come to Alabama, people in Texas and people in Atlanta are fully aware of the University of Alabama. We've won four national titles in seven years. I don't think we have to sell ourselves over there anymore. So with that in mind, I don't, I don't see how you continue to do neutral games and say it's about the money when you're paying one point seven to some team out of Jonesboro. Mm-hmm. Which I will add is the highest payment for a game ever. It so is. Broke the record. And, but but here's the thing. Arkansas State apparently thinks their poo doesn't stink. Not only are they taking one point seven from us, they took one point six from Auburn. Nebraska. They got one point three from let's say USC. I mean, they're getting high dollar and I don't understand why. When what what are I mean, are they better than Middle Tennessee State? They'll take six hundred thousand? Yeah, I don't get where I guess it's a supply and demand pond. You're the financial guy. But uh <laughs> set up a trust. Set up a trust. Hey, the, the market is what somebody's willing to pay, right? That's right. Yeah. I, I don't know why but why are we willing to pay it? I you know what? Bill Battle's a smart guy. I trust him. I I don't love it because honestly they're not the easiest team. I would rather play right. an MTSU, but uh, or a Notre Dame. Uh huh. But here we are. <laughs> oh shit! I, I, I kind of want to see like where this is on the schedule because I, I've noticed, and I don't know it's, if this it's is intentional. September eighth. So it's so, going to be. I'm assuming we have a an, a late August game. It's going to be game number two. So okay. I imagine this game is right before Ole Miss, and I bet Arkansas State runs an offense oh, similar wow. to Ole Miss. Wow! That's why people listen to this freaking podcast. Hey, Fred. <laughs> nice. That's a good take. I would, yeah, I, I agree well, with that completely. and you may be right, but Arkansas loses their coach every other year, so who knows what they'll be running that year. <laughs> yeah, true. It's always the Gus bus. Exactly. exactly. Same offense. All right. Well, you were still listening to Houndstooth Heroes. We're on, we only toss our wings and Wild Bill's wing sauce, and we only drink Druid City Brewing Company when, when we have the opportunity to do so, and so should you. But drum roll, this is what the people came for. Let's give them what they want, a look at the Crimson Tide Shooty Hoops. And honestly, this used to be a joke, but it's not anymore. If you haven't fallen in love with this team, you don't have a pulse. You guys, we had boots on the ground uh, last night, as a matter of fact, in Baton Rouge. We'll get to that, but since we last spoke... Uh, the Tide has gone on a five-game win streak, which includes wins at Florida's O-Dome and at the PMAC in Baton Rouge last night. Uh, the the latest projections had the Tide as an eight seed, which, if you had asked even two weeks ago, just seemed like such a pipe dream. Uh, Gregory, talk to us 
about what it was like to be there for a magical night in Red Stick. <laughs> well, it's hard. It's hard for a night in Red Stick to be magical, but yet it was. Here's yeah, the thing: a lot of activities. Yeah, I mean, all right. Well, first of all, if you've been on our Twitter account before the game, we posted up at the Chimes myself and owner of Druid City Brewing Company, Bo Hicks, uh, my friend Jacob Richards, uh, our friend Tony Bananas. Uh, we all got to the Chimes. We hung out, did our thing, and lo and behold, who should walk up in the door? But the grass eater Les Miles himself. Leslie. Leslie was there. So, I, prom- I mean, I had just enough hoppatulas that I decided it was the prop that was a good idea to demand a picture from Les Miles. So I walked to Les Miles and I say, Coach, can I get a picture? And Les Miles might as well have given me the Heisman to pose for the face. He said, Absolutely not, because there I was. I was wearing my finest uh Whip Sanderson coat, a a red uh t-shirt, and a nice crimson tide shaker. Uh he had none of me. So I quickly looked at Tony Bananas and said, Tony, take the picture. He did. So, and so the Take the shot. Yes. So you may find it on uh, our Twitter account at HT Heroes. Uh, but then we moved to the game where I've got to say, the PMAC looks like a spaceship from the outside. Mm-hmm. But you get inside, and I kind of wish Coleman looked like that inside because you are right on the floor in the middle of the action. It was really, really cool to be in a game there. I enjoyed the hell out of the PMAC experience. Um, I don't know what we could possibly do to make Coleman that that more fan-friendly, but it was a really neat place to be. Having said all that, uh, we uh, pulled out the victory. Uh, Retina Bassaheim, the Belgian bulldozer, was the star of the show, throwing down 33 points. Mm -hmm. Uh, Quite the difference from the eight points a game. He was averaging under the former regime. And look, I will eat crow when it is deserved, and I deserve it right now. I mocked it when we signed Riley Norris. I called him a Sand Mountain Honky, and he Which still he is, is a Sand Mountain Honky, mm-hmm. but he has turned into a hell of a basketball player for hey, the he's time. A sand, he's a Sand Mountain Honky with a hard hat. Exactly. And a lunch pail that he brings, <laughs> he brings to work it. every day. That's right. That's right. He's, he's a gritty student of the game. <laughs> um, I don't know... Where Avery Johnson's uh, squad would be without him at this point. Um, besides Abbasahan, he is sort of the star of the show. He is an accomplished rebounder, and if he gets hot, he cannot miss a three. So I'm, uh, yeah. I was excited to be there. It was a hell of a time. Uh, but if you don't get out and see this team, you are missing out because they are a world of fun. Yeah, and I've got the stat line here in front of me, and it looks like he had. 4,092 rebounds last night. That so, sounds like a lot. Yeah, pretty solid showing out of the Sand Mountain Honky. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a ton of fun. Any final thoughts, Pond? Did you watch the game? I did, of course. Um, I love the emergence of Justin Coleman. Yeah. Because uh, it seems like, you know, when Riley, Riley shot horribly last night, mm-hmm. but and, and Arthur wasn't great. I think Arthur had 12 points. Um but th- but there was Justin Coleman to step up and hit what four threes. He had like twenty two points. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody, it's it's a different person every night. We just have so much depth, and it's just so much. It's a breath of fresh air from the last five years of Anthony Grant. Yeah, I gotta admit, this has made me a little bitter against Anthony Grant because the team is not all that different, and especially not all uh, that more talented. Well, the team is not. The team is less talented. Right, right. I didn't want to say that, but yes. Uh, and and Grant just 
could not eke out the wins that we are eking out and, in fact, straight pulling out. Exactly. Like my couch. Exactly. Uh, like, uh, like, change, like change from a couch, my friend. Like change yes. Thank you. So looking down the road a little bit, our schedule gets easier and then a touch harder uh, with five games to go. So we are on the home stretch. Uh, at home, our slate eases up and includes Arkansas, Auburn, who we are currently 0-1-2 on the season. Would love to get that fixed. And then we host Mississippi State this Saturday, which if you have followed us on Twitter, you would know is already a sellout. <coughs> mm-hmm. uh, holler at us if you have tickets because we know a few people looking. We should win all of those games, but you know, at the position we're in right now, cannot afford to slip up. Exactly. And then away, we travel to Rupp to take on Kentucky next Tuesday. And look, if we win that game, I will eat my hat. But I said that against Florida. I said that about LSU. You have uh, to eat a hat. I will eat a hat. Mm. I, was just a, I mean, a small hat. Maybe it's a like Druid a, City Brewing hat, too. <clears throat> no, I like that hat. And that's a big hat. Maybe one of like those hats that you put on your willow, your little dog. Oh, a, a willow hat. Okay. Exactly. Well, maybe a little Shih Tzu hat. Maybe one of those. But like I said, Kentucky is surging right now, as they tend to do in late February, with the tournament looming. So I'm not terribly confident that we're going to roll in a rup and win. But uh, but if we do close out the, the, the home games, the last game of the season, we go to Athens and take on Georgia. And <clears throat> I tend to think – I didn't think we are going to beat any of these teams on the road. Uh, but Georgia is no better – than LSU and Florida. Uh, some can make the argument that Georgia is worse than LSU and Florida. So winning Athens is not something I'm counting on. And it's, I don't necessarily think we need it to get in the tournament. But given the last couple of games, I've sort of raised my expectations with regard to what's going to happen at Georgia. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and all of this brings about <laughs> the question, can we dance with your dates? Talk about it, Charlie. I, I am riding so high right now, and I'm going to gump my ass off here. But I think we go. I think we go four and one to close out the season. Wow. Um, which which puts us at uh, what like twelve and four? Yeah. Or yeah. something like or no yeah, twelve, 12 and we're, 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 nothing like that. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. <laughs> what, <laughs> it put, <laughs> that puts us at ten and eight. Which we'll ten guess. and eight. Those are numbers. <laughs> So I think we close four uh, four and one down the stretch, um, which puts us top tier in the SEC final standings. And I don't think it matters how we do in the SEC tournament. We've already locked up our spot after a four and one finish. I tend to, I, I think if we do what you just said, I think it's close. I think we get in, but I think it's damn close. I think we're walking at a twelve seed. I think if we go four and one, which I think is probably what we're going to do, and win two in the tournament. I think we can bump ourselves up to an eight, but I think it would take a collapse at home and, and losing at Georgia for us to, at this point, not make the tournament. Yeah, I am hesitant to get my hopes up always, uh, but in particular regarding Alabama basketball, I think we've all seen it come crashing down at the least opportune times uh, many times before, but... I feel decently I would love to see us win. I mean, even if we were to, God forbid, go two and three down this stretch, I think if we can just win, like, one SEC tournament game, 
hopefully our resume holds up. And I think we're just fun enough to watch, and, and we pass the eye test in that respect, that we'll get the nod. I do can, have I one. Can, can I fix this real quick? Go. Finishing 4-1 and one puts us 11-7 and seven in SEC play. There we go. Okay. Nice. All right, better, better, better. Thank you. Yes. Um, one thing that I do think that I haven't talked about, and I, we're getting a lot of press, not so much from, I don't mean like college basketball writers, who cares about that, but kids that watch um, the NBA on TNT and all that business and all those games, they talk about us regularly because every, you know, is yeah, their boy. Mm-hmm. And I've got to, I mean, I, y'all tell me what you think, but I've got to think that when you keep getting all this press that no other college team is getting, um, you know, they aren't sitting around talking about Villanova. They're not talking about Duke. Uh, because Avery Johnson is an NBA guy, uh, they are sitting around on NBA and TNT talking about Alabama basketball, wow. which I've got to think has to be impressive. To I mean, we've already got Terrence Ferguson, but it can't hurt to tie him up. And it, it's got to be impressive to the kids coming up uh, about, hey, this is an NBA guy. He can get me the NBA, and he's getting NBA pub. So, yeah. I don't know if that can compete with the barbecues they're having down in Auburn, though. <laughs> Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl's BBQ. (laughs) Eat for free. But yeah, I mean, don't you think that's a thing? Yeah, I would agree. Um, As kind of an anecdote to that, after the game, (laughs) if you stuck around for the SEC Network's questionable coverage, questionable at best. I did uh, not. There was a neat... No, you were busy. Uh, There was a neat interview with Retno Basahan where they asked him just kind of what it's like uh, being coached by Avery Johnson. And you would have thought the kid was talking about Superman. I mean, he just lit up and said how much he loves learning from him, how much he just, and and he used the word love, love him as a person and being around him every day. It, It was pretty neat to see, and as an Alabama basketball fan, something I had really never seen. Cool. Good deal. All right, well, before we close out the evening, we're going to dive headfirst into the ladies. A real quick look at Alabama women's sports. Uh, your gym tide continues to check in at number four nationally. Uh, their win-loss record is not particularly great, but gymnastics rankings are weird. It's based on the scores, not the wins and losses. And if you're interested, I did a full explanation of how all that works over at houndstoothheroes.com. That explains why losing to Auburn on down on the farm, while it sucked and it broke a streak of 117 straight wins, uh, it doesn't affect our national standing. And frankly, this team uh, has not reached its potential yet. Uh, so I would not be surprised if they are in the mix when it comes to the national championship, which I think take place sometime in April. Yeah, and I'll add two notes there uh, regarding your piece, which is wonderful. You really should get on houndstoothheroes.com and read it because I read it uh, kind of thinking one of two things. Two things. Um, I, I closed the box thinking, oh, thank God, we are still better than Auburn because, you know, I need that on a daily basis to be reaffirmed, and sure enough, it was, so thank you. And then secondly, I actually thought this was a 117 year old record <laughs> dating oh back God. to the early days of collegiate gymnastics guys he's he, guys ellis Metz is a he's got blonde hair bros yes well <laughs> uh 
it was what maybe since the seventies or eighties. Nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. Yeah. So solid. We might, we might as well be one hundred seventeen years. Yeah, it seemed like it to me. You're a pretty little boy. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you. Uh, speaking <laughs> of pretty little boys, Coach uh, Pat Murphy softballers. Let's talk about that. I'm gonna enter Charlie Pond's joke. Ladies get in formation. <laughs> There's there is one listener who got the Fred loves Beyonce loves her. Uh, they are off to a hot start. Despite dropping an eight to one head scratcher, I gotta say, I'm scratching my head right now, uh, mm. to number seventeen in the country, UCF, uh, they remain number five in the country at five and one. Uh, the issue here, and Gregory, I'll let you go into what this entails, but we are now looking down Florida, LSU, and Auburn. Well, that's the thing is they. I don't want to say we've fallen off since we won the national championship, but we have fallen off since the national championship. Uh, Florida last weekend played who's number one preseason, uh, and, and they won the national championship last year, and I think they've won like 1,000 before that. Um, but they played number two, Michigan. They beat the holy hell out of Michigan. Like it was like 19 to one or some, something ridiculous. So Florida is ridiculous. LSU is checking in ahead of us. Auburn is checking in ahead of us. There was a time when Alabama softball was at the top of the conference, uh, and we are not there right now. And I don't know enough about softball recruiting to know what the problem is, but somebody needs to write a check is all I do know. Uh, but like everything else, this conference schedule will tell the tale with this edition of the Crimson Tide. Uh, but I will say, if you haven't watched softball, you should. It's... Um, it's super exciting. There's a lot more offense than what you expect. Um, the rules are weird. Like, a player can check in, can check out. You don't really know why. You can pull a pitcher, and the pitcher can go back in. The whole thing is strange. So maybe one day we can get somebody on this uh, particular podcast to talk about what the hell is going on with softball because I don't understand it. But here's the thing with it, though. Watch it. Because if you if you don't like baseball, there are people who, like, who say, I don't like baseball. It's boring. First of all, you're crazy, but nevertheless, if that's your position, this is not baseball but with girls. There are different rules. It's a lot more fun. I would encourage you to watch it because once you watch a little bit, you'll get hooked. So check it out. Give it a chance. That was hot, and i got to say, Alabama Athletics, thy name is complacency. Here we are in yet another sport complaining about coming off a national championship. It gets hard. I mean, you get Top five is just not good enough. I'm sorry. Need to get Dr. Uh, Kevin Elko in there. Ooh. Friend of the program. We love us some Kevin Elko now. Um, and I, and I, haven't, I didn't write about this, but golf season is upon us. Does anybody know how golf is doing? I mean, we're a golf school. Ro- Robbie Shelton's doing well. Okay. Uh, but I think, uh, I think everybody else is uh, average to below average for Alabama golf. Right. Um, but I, I want to say that Going into this spring, maybe Auburn was was in the top two. Auburn was and, a, 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 at the top, and LSU's coming off a national title. So yeah. something, again, we're slipping on. Oh, gosh. I know the worst, the worst, the worst. All right. Well, uh, that is another edition of the Houndstooth Theorist podcast. And thank you, as always, for joining us. We'll be back in probably two weeks or unless, you know, something happens. Uh, but we'll, you know, we'll be back. Because if we don't podcast, people die. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at HT Heroes. Listen to us on SoundCloud or uh, 
log into the website at, at houndstoothheroes.com. Uh, thanks again. Take us home, my brother. Say goodnight to your people, Pond. Hey, y'all watch Alabama baseball. <laughs> good pitch. <laughs> y'all be good. Roll Tide.